0: You are listening
1: to the Net podcast network.
2: Hey, apparently we're big in Japan, or at least, you know, like we we get a
1: significant number of our downloads from Japanese listeners or or even expats in Japan. But we love that.
2: Yeah. So if you're listening to us in Japan or anywhere else in the world, for that matter, send us a note at message somebody at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
1: (laughs) It was like a really like Hardcore serious uh, financial firm, but like the, <laughs> all the website. rest of the domains were taken. Wait, what are you? So they about? were their. There was an SNL sketch. Uh, it was like a, a fake commercial for a financial firm, and everything else was taken. So they had to come down to clown dot fart, which yeah. my then girlfriend pointed out to me is like dot farts not a real whatever
3: you call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it could be now. The laws have changed. But Ryan also used to
2: introduce girls that he was seeing as, uh, this is my current girlfriend. That is true. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> that is amused
1: me, As much as it amused me, it really didn't go over so well <laughs> no, with No,
2: I still think it's among
3: – it's it's funny but dangerous. No, it's, it's very funny but bad, bad. That's bad. <laughs> I've
1: quit doing that as of late. Yeah.
3: Um. Well, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> hey, as as we're on. We're yeah. almost for a minute. Yeah.
2: Well – like, uh, just, one of these days we're going to look up and it'll be like an hour later.
3: Hey, can can I say this real quick? Like, Mark, since last week, it looks like you've paired up your handlebar mustache with a – there's a little bit of a soul patch there. Mark yeah. looks like he's slowly he turning mustache. into a character. Or he wasn't as big <laughs> as that. <laughs> it's like, I'm waiting for some know.
1: suspenders Everyone and, like um, – Homemade bitters. Yes, uh, he's gonna bring in uh, like is. an arm guard. I,
0: I've ordered my Joppers from Amazon already. Jod- so. Jodpers, nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: I feel that's like a good new thing.
2: I feel like you look some like it's somewhere. There's like somewhere between like the Monopoly Man and um, John Lennon on the uh, Sergeant Sgt. Pepper. Pepper's cover. I've, yeah. been,
0: I've been getting a lot of that around yeah lately. And this is where podcast as a medium really fails our listeners. Oh, that's true.
1: They yeah. just. That, you is, that is that is can't f- regale
3: in your fineries,
1: the wonders of their imagination.
3: Well, um, all right, boys. One will only hope. Mark, <laughs> you can leave everything we've just said, but um, <laughs>
2: just edit out all the
3: <laughs> dead air. <laughs> Whatever. All right. All right, let's I'm get sh- to it. All right, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. <laughs>
2: Sad Canada news. Uh, they are mourning the uh, the passing of tragically hip singer Gordon Downey, and the and the Prime Minister cried. He cried.
1: Cried. Justin, Justin, right?
3: Justin Trudeau. Yeah. 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 So let me say this: like, I actually, it actually humanizes. That band and Justin Trudeau in a way in my mind like that's something that well, they
1: were like, like Canadian national treasures. And they are not, yeah. When I were and and on the last tour, and I mean Justin
3: Trudeau is a is a pretty young dude, especially to be the the head of a of a national government, and and like it, he genuinely was broken up about this.
1: Oh yeah, they're a very 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 big deal in Canada.
3: They are, but I, it, not just that. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, they were a national Canadian treasure. But it, 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 that's when it hit home when I was listening to an excerpt of his speech, and he just like lost it for a few seconds, and like it, I was like, oh, that's really sad, you know. Like, th- it, it brought to home like you know, we were talking about a couple weeks ago about how much it means, how how much it meant to people when Tom Petty died, you know, here, and I feel like it's like that times like five. And Canada. That's
1: exactly the number I was going to guess you were going to well, say. Well, then, like, no, there
3: well, you go. go. Let's just drop the fuck. There's oh. a
2: really great BBC article on on his passing. And, uh, and you know, this kind of makes sense. It said, Downey's music touched many Canadians in part because of his unabashed love for his country. His songs are peppered with references to Canadian towns, history, and obscure hockey references.
1: All of that's true.
2: At least it was in the record that we covered uh, several
1: months ago. That was what, what like six or seven months ago? Or something, something like that. Like
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, but he was you know already on record as being pretty sick then. Uh, anyway, there are quotes in this article from uh, Rush, who said it was a sad, sad day for Canada and for Canadian music. Uh, Canadian musician Kevin Hearn of the Bare Naked Ladies—they're just name-checking all the other
3: Canada- all the other like really <laughs> famous Canadian bands.
2: Yeah. So anyway. Um, who, I guess the dude from the Bare Naked Ladies was the one who christened them the uh, Canada's house band. So, anyway. see uh, that. Rest in peace, Gord Downey. One of the two gourds. They, in, that in band, band had two gourds in, in it. Not in one of band. the
3: two gourds, like in um, in Canada. You mean like a
1: large squash?
3: <laughs> okay, so thanks. Yeah, nice. Now I'm yes. lost. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you had something? Uh, yeah,
1: this is a little bit lighter. Uh, I think Mark sent this around And, and um, Billy Corgan's being batshit crazy again Oh yeah, this now, was so great
2: I, This was a really great I was pretty excited to see this come over The uh, Telex machine or however Mark
1: yeah, said that Yeah, so this to, is on spin.com And the headline is William Patrick Corgan says he saw a human shape shifter. Easy enough to say Human shapeshifter But, quote, it's hard to explain Oh yeah And uh, Kevin Uh you listened to the Stern show. Did you happen to catch this one
2: where oh, where he talked about uh, some, having seeing seen a shapeshifter? A, no, but I didn't.
1: I mean, it's the kind of thing that you would you
2: really probably wouldn't forget. So no, I I did not hear Billy Corgan uh, talk about seeing a shapeshifter. But I do
1: believe that he is exactly as bananas as
2: I thought he was before I read this article. So
1: he says, imagine you're doing something and suddenly you turn around and there's somebody else standing there. Stern says, a different human? Corgan, sort (laughs) of. It's hard to explain without going into detail. I'd rather not go into details. Stern, but did you say to the person, what did you just do here? Corgan, yes. And they acknowledged it. Stern, and what did they say they were? From another planet? Corgan they wouldn't
3: explain okay can I just say one thing real quick why is it always when people experience things like that and they want to tell the stories they never want to tell you the fucking details like just you know what I don't believe a word that you're saying and it does sound crazy and there was always nobody else around And there's nobody else around I think you need to go into the fucking details dude you're saying you weren't on drugs you were totally sober Eh, you know perhaps like there's one of three possibilities uh, you're lying. You were on drugs. You were dreaming.
1: So this is the one time I think maybe Alex Jones might have extracted the truth a little bit uh, easier than Howard Stern because you know he's he's going to see the false flag where it is. And uh, wait, how did Alex Jones?
3: Yeah, how did this become truth? a political thing? Well, um, it's, it's, it's not, not, political. It's not political. Alex Jones is Alex Jones like, is nuts. Now there's what? a lot of <laughs> shit that he says that's not political.
2: One of the one of the things that uh, this reminds me of is that. I have like so, I have a I have a soft spot for uh, television mediums. Like I just get a kick out of that stuff. Like it's equally as crazy as but by mediums uh, you mean like psychics? Oh, just people that are in the middle of something. Television is a medium that had that, he the had that the show like
3: crossing over for a while. Like well, that right? Yeah. So there's John that York, guy, yeah. and
2: then uh, now the one there's a lady that's on tour that was just here. The Long Island medium was just in Austin. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so, anyway, I just – I can sit out and watch that. I watch that stuff like Ryan watches old Law procedurals. Yes, them. exactly. So – um mm, Uncle. Yeah. But it's like – but that's the thing is like the people, they never ask the questions that I want them to ask. And typically what I just want them to ask is like, how's it going over there? <laughs> like,
4: well, there's a lot of like – <laughs> like,
1: I'm sensing a D over here. Somebody recently have somebody pass that has a D – in their name,
3: is is there somebody in this room? Right, is there somebody in this room that has a heartbeat? I am sensing. I am sensing yeah. this person saying, "There is here with. There is some energy in this room somewhere. <laughs> Anybody well, have any energy?"
2: So, yeah. So, and you get. Uh, we've probably already gone on too long about this, but it's like probably. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs>
0: says probably. Anyway, A probably anyone medium would probably say yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the name anyway. of this
1: week's record uh, might actually tie into all that. Oh, tell us. Uh, well, it's called uh, "How Did I Get Here." by by uh, Dream Syndicate, not Dream Theater. <laughs> that, no, by the
3: way, I, I'll, I'll, we'll get to Dream Theater later. But thank you for forcing that into a segue right there. That was very slick. Sure, does. No, a lot of appreciation.
2: I'm almost a professional.
3: It's actually, how did I find myself here?
2: Is it how did I find
1: myself? Okay, yeah, well, yeah, whatever.
0: But I'm, I'm happy for us to abbreviate it to how did I get here. It's like, paraphrasing.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Dream Syndicate, band that had a heyday, Uh in Did they ever really though? <laughs> well, apparently their kind first of, record like, is critically celebrated and they've been on like a bunch of like legit labels and well, they just kind of slipped through the cracks.
2: And they have been un- they were undercard on some big tours when they first got on A&M. Uh they opened for they 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 supported U2 and R.E.M and like so they they've been seen and that that first record in particular is lauded but yeah, it just it just really never broke for them. So, and the way that this whole thing came together, the record that you're, we want to talk about tonight, I think is pretty interesting too.
1: We'll say, okay, so they broke up in 1989, got back together in 2012. As happens, Yeah. That's what a band does. Um, and, you know, it wasn't with all the original members, but a couple of them and, and like one of them I think makes a brief a, uh, appearance on this record, um, but waited another uh, five years to actually put out a new record. And ironically, it sounds to me like the decade that they didn't exist. Well, you know, wait, that, clarify that. So, th- so it sounds s- like it's from the '90s to me. Uh, oh, I can see that, and, so and like, they, like they, they not just, in a bad way. They got
0: frozen in time from that last album. Well, 1989. They just picked up here.
1: Yeah, and just we're like making up for lost time, yeah. like for that decade.
0: Because hey, it's, hey guys, I can totally see that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like kind of shoegazy stuff, and and you know like early '90s, and like and I didn't mean to pick a record that, well we've done this two weeks in a row now. Um, that sounds a little bit like a relic, but it's new. Yeah, uh, what did you guys think? Shane
3: Shane's taking Shane, a precious pause. I was just waiting for somebody else to say what they thought about it before you I know what
0: getting in on this one. I found this album particularly
3: dull. It okay. sounded like a bunch of dudes that had a relatively successful band in the eighties and then they went on to work in whatever industry, construction tech. <laughs> For you know Whatever industries And then they got Maybe together constructed technology And then and then, they, and then they got Prostitution to, uh, No knows. it doesn't matter Yeah candy High making lie. Like I don't yeah. know Brewing beer Nah no, <laughs> that would be a little hip. But you know what? Like they made stuff, ooh, Just whatever industry You want to pick Yeah And they went and They raised their kids But they continued to jam With their friends Like with canned beer You know On the weekends Every so often In the garage And then they decided To get it back together Once the kids went back to college Or went off to college And um Sound like a bunch of dads putting a band together. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I did not dislike it. No, I just, it wasn't. It I wasn't even more
1: credit than that. And I think it part wasn't, of that is you knowing the backstory of it.
3: No, I didn't. I, before I went back in there, and but I do have a story to tell you about this band that I figured out later. Um, that it's it, not me, Dream Theater. It was boring as fuck, man. It, like, but it wasn't bad. Marcus, right about that. Like, there are some there were some interesting things. So However, what, what's
1: the demarcation point between boring as fuck and bad?
3: Well, I mean, like, if it were on in the back... Well, there were some really bad So I would say about half this album is really bad.
2: How do you... What's the difference between boring and hardcore boring? Like, that's really what I'm trying hardcore to... Hardcore
3: boring is, for me, like, I will immediately hit... I would immediately hit the button. Is that, like,
0: Richard Marks? But no, 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 well, no, no. No, so, no, no, no so that's hardcore bad. They're there, boring, I, hardcore boring. I think it's, like, you can have a droning sound in the background, and it doesn't really bother you that much or you can have something that is so non-existent in the sense of like it's interest that it bothers you like you need something there and i think that maybe that's the so demarcation here, here's kind of
1: where think. i where i landed on it like i think it's actually a pretty good record however however it sounds stale as fuck i wouldn't call it boring it just sounds like it's old and it's not like it's kind of past its yeah, but some day. people
3: do okay. So to that point, there are some people that we and we've we've actually brought up a lot of of albums um, or or artists over the course of this last year that do stuff that sort of sounds like their heyday, like you know, um, slow dive or. Or Ride or granddaddy. or granddaddy Granddaddy Like you know That sounds like when they, That they're preserved In Amber 2 But the songs Are so much better I don't want it Like the first song On this album Goes on for like 10 minutes He's talking about There's a stag And a boar And a Like what the fuck Are you talking about here Like I um, remember that part of it Or which, whichever one that goes on When he's talking about his dream Like he's talking about like, You might be talking I got about into Shuffle by the way So I, when I say first Yeah
1: I think you might be talking about How Did I Find Myself Here The um, title track Which which goes on for 13 minutes
0: yeah, it's and, so and I would say that The beginning of that song In particular Was the one thing that I enjoyed About this album
1: well it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a jam band. Wait, wait, via, wait. it's jam, no, 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 no. jam band. Andy. Jam band via Madchester. No, that, yes. no, that that, no, that
3: I, song, I agree that, with that. the title track is the instrumental song on this. I'm talking, it, it starts well, no, out are, as an there instrumental. there are vocals
1: in it, but you have to hang in there for seven for a, or eight minutes. For a long yeah. time.
3: No, I'm talking about the song <laughs> that from the very beginning he's talking about he had a dream last night and then he's talking about like stags and boars and hunting them and stuff like that. And I was like, "What the
1: Fuck, am I the listening? Darkest steps of I we're, Basically, go so we're,
3: <laughs> we're back in the
0: Renaissance Festival again yeah, I think this Ryan
3: week. Ryan just did doing some rush. No, we were at the
0: We I were meant. doing that. <laughs> Flying by
4: night! That's rush. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm crazy <freezing> here. See, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty
3: good. Uh, you want to play one of these guys? Yeah,
1: I, I do want to play a little bit of, and I actually don't think it's the best song on the record, but it is the one that I was listening to on our favorite radio station, K two KUTX, which. Uh, Filter me through you, and it's just, it hits some of my buttons that are still there from 25 years ago or whatever. Um, and I think it's a pretty good song about codependency. So
3: I like, like it when you to, say that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I was waiting.
3: <laughs> oh, I a, was hoping you would say <laughs> that. There's a lot to <laughs> unpack on the other side, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs>
1: taste you know fairly intimately um i'm not really paying attention to lyrics but like the first time i ever heard that i was like oh this is clearly about somebody who like is just you know having a rough time and like filtered me through you like i just want to do whatever prostrate yourself to this other person um also and we'll get back around to the song but shane i'd like this came out on anti-records one of the many like Pretty prominent labels this band has been on at some point. But Shane, will you read the um, – so Wikipedia puts up like a a little paragraph about their entries. Uh, But if you just read that out for us. This is very funny.
3: Anti is an American record label founded in 1999 as a sister label to Epitaph. While Epitaph's focus has mostly been on punk rock, Anti's roster includes country, hip-hop, reggae, soul, indie folk, rap rock, indie rock, and Tom Waits. It's the, la- <laughs> it's the Tom Waits. You can't put him in any of those other categories. <laughs>
1: like, I don't, what the hell are we going to say about Tom Waits? You know, like, the Tom yeah. Waits
3: part is hilarious, but however, the rest of it is country, hip-hop, reggae, soul, techno, indie folk, rap rock, Any you know.
0: He doesn't fit into any
3: of those. And Tom Waits.
1: And Tom Waits. <laughs> he's his own genre.
0: We, we cover every single like genre of music there is and Tom Waits. <laughs>
1: Professor Anne, Marianne, and Tom Waits.
3: Boy, that would have made that, that show weird. a lot more interesting. Sure. Like, like every couple of episodes, Troubadour. Yeah, they, they would have <laughs> wandered on to Tom Waits. He's like, Ah, oh, stuck on an island. <laughs> I don't Blank. want With to grow up Gilligan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what that album, you know what that song sounds like to me? I think that's the best song on the album, from my point of view, and it. I still don't love it. But it's you know there's nothing again I, I I don't entirely dislike this album but um that that song basically sounds like um in no in like in every way um the Smithereens without it the without the cool. chimey
1: guitars. <laughs> Yeah, no, it definitely has a Smithereens slowed down a little like bit yeah. rhythm to yeah. it. Uh, that was the, that one sounds the most smithereens-y.
3: There's some other smithereens-y stuff too. Like you said, it was the '90s. Like there's some shoegazy stuff, like guitar stuff, but songwriting wise, it sounds like they stopped and like put them Dude, in there's Amber some
1: Stone Roses Stone stuff on here. Uh,
3: With the way the guy's voice sounds and the way his lyrics sound and the way the most of the, these songs sound, like it it feels like it's stuck in 1989 to me. But, well, um, so,
1: okay, so they were part of this scene called the Paisley Underground. Yeah, oh, so we was, was just anyway. going to
3: bring that up. Uh, Kevin, expound. Yeah,
2: no, the well, and and I was going to ask for your opinion, Aunt Ryan, on what you think of the Paisley Underground. I mean, the the way that it gets defined uh, in the Wikipedia set is, is as a subgenre of jangle pop, but that's not right. really how I, that's think not about, what this is. That's not what I think of, of this at all.
1: No, um, and I, like, having, like, Read a lot of music journalism back in the day. Like that scene would kind of pop up, you know, mostly in um, conjunction with like something about the Bangles,
3: uh, because they were Opal. I I always think about Opal. uh, Green on
1: Red, uh, Rain Parade, and so it was like kind of like the probably if I was living in Los Angeles at the time, probably the scene I would have gravitated towards most. But like I don't know, I did buy a Green on Red record once, and I was like, eh. So.
3: Yeah, there, there's no bands that have ever like. Let, oh, I wanted to say this. So I bought um, their second to last, and I was like, when you when you brought this up uh, uh, last week or whatever, like this is this is the band, and then I was making fun of saying Dream Theater, but then I was like, man, I know I know that band from somewhere, and then I um, I went and looked at all their album covers, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I owned an album by the I uh, tape, excuse me. By these guys. And I did. It was out of the gray. It was their second to last album. I distinctly remember the cover. I listened to it one time through and gave it to my brother. like, all right. like So it's just not my thing. No, that's all I'm saying. It's just not my well, just, apparently, It wasn't my thing back then, and it's not my thing now. So, so oh, Apparently,
1: oh, I, their first record, um, no, what was it called? Uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Right. It was like super well-received. And then they made a couple of personnel changes and didn't really get their mojo back. And well, and they ended
2: up gravitating toward a little bit more of a mainstream, you know, a little bit more of a mainstream direction. Okay. That And the phrase has been, you know, they've been associated,
1: some of the later work has been associated with more of a root Rock thing. Yeah, and so, that apparently that first record was more punky. And so, like, they're, it you is. know, at least, you know, they, they had fans, uh, but they felt a little betrayed when they kind of left... That so don't all
3: bands though? Don't all don't all bands unless you hit like the one percent. I mean, don't all bands feel betrayed by at least band members or label? I'm not saying that these guys you are mean, wrong.
1: fans feel betrayed. You know, he by, was, by, yeah, by he yeah. He was saying don't, that the fans, yeah, not the bands. Don't all yeah.
3: fans feel betrayed eventually? If, by, if, you, if
1: you have like your band, yeah. And they I mean, don't yourself?
3: they? Don't they always? Yeah, feel it's betrayed? a weird
1: push pull thing because I, I get it. Like for the artists, like you don't want to get stuck in a rut and make the same record over and over again.
3: But then you could be like so, well, but, but see, here's part of it. I think that sometimes like you can do like you could be like a U two or a, or an REM. Um,
1: both of those bands, both of those, as, as I'm concerned, like dropped off.
3: Right, like, because mid-career. what they because what they tried to do was go out there and try new stuff without caring about what the actual contents of the songs were. They just wanted to move forward as a band you know like you,
2: did they or was it contractual obligations
4: no like, I
3: don't th- I don't think so I think that especially like if you look at U2's pop um, that album they're like we want to f- we want to try new stuff and stuff like this but not alienate the fans I, I think that they care less about the songs at that point than they care you, that, whereas you have somebody like I'll give you a good example Spoon who like keeps trying new and different things but puts the songwriting first and then does the other stuff I around I think you're it. right
1: about that but Spoons never got to the same heights that you two or R.E.M. did sure but I guarantee and,
3: you they've gotten to good enough heights and man. my
1: my guess is uh, my opinion uh, if I were a wagering men I uh-huh. think R.E.M. stuck it out through the end of their contract because they employed a lot of people they had an office in Athens that that was people's day jobs you know and i, I I don't know this for sure, but they probably had insurance, and whatnot, and like they didn't want to let people down. But when they were done, they were like, "Well, that's Fine, a, we're done." That,
3: that's sure, that's a sure a weird way to think about like being creative, though. I mean, like, well, if no, gonna, if I, I just think gonna... they dropped
1: off like pretty badly, uh, and they just stuck it out. Yeah, but that's a that's a relied on. Them.
3: But that's a weird way to defend like a like a band sticking around, or 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 a weird like um, I don't know, like that's my best guess. Um, just from having I just think led... they creatively dropped off And a lot of people do And there's nothing wrong to be said about that But I mean like if you listen to an album like Up Which is a good sounding record those songs weren't that great um, But you know And U2 has gone back and back and forth Back and forth back and forth You know a lot of people do
1: I haven't heard a good U2 song in 20 years at least
3: Oh man I mean I wouldn't say 20 I mean, years I mean I would say like that um, I mean like I don't know whatever I don't really give a shit about U2 at all I'm just saying that like a lot of times people try to go out – band-wise will try to go outside of their comfort zone but still try to keep the fans pleased in the middle of it. So they, they end up caring less about the songs than they, than they care about like, keeping like, stuff in this equilibrium. I don't know. That's what I think.
0: Well, the,
1: the reviews that I've looked at – and this just usually Kevin's purview and I won't go into detail about it. They've been largely positive about this record despite what you think. I yeah, one, check in with you.
2: Well, I was actually going to share a snippet from the Pitchfork take on this, and they said that they were talking about the you know the long break, uh, you know, the the big hiatus that they took, and said during the long hiatus, the Dream Syndicate's stature has grown thanks to Days of Wine and Roses, which sounds, according to the guy who wrote it, timeless thirty five years later, and has been reissued twice, which is interesting. Um, So the group's music has been held in high esteem from members of bands such as Wilco, Yola Tango, Dinosaur Jr., and and Ninja Pandroids. So it's like, you know, I mean, and like I listened to some of that that first record and and like it's I can see why there would be some street cred attached to it. So anyway, at the very least, like they've put out some work that has been. Um, critically acclaimed and has caught the attention of some people in bigger bands, which is kind of a, you know, maybe a little bit of a backdoor
3: compliment, but it's compliment. No, I don't think it – I think it's a good compliment, you know, personally. Like I think that that, that you know – I mean maybe it might, it might not – it may or may not feel that way to them, but um,
1: I've, – I've, you know, got into a few bands because, say, Peter Buck liked them yeah. or Kurt Cobain or whoever like that I never would have heard of. That you know, but they you know were just music geeks and really like these particular bands that for whatever reason never really caught on beyond a few people.
2: I actually, I think if I'm not totally crazy, that um, one of the pieces that I read said that Steve Wynn, who the guy the main guy behind Dream Syndicate has actually worked with Peter Bucker, they're working on a project together. Did of late, he, so. Oh, I think he's in the baseball did, project.
1: I was gonna say, uh, did, that's did,
3: what, maybe didn't that's he actually is, quit? You know. Music business and go and build a bunch of casinos and and I was Las gonna Vegas. say yes they, it
1: is the same name of the guy who's like a casino magnate in uh, Las Vegas because um, at this point Steve like it, if he
3: if it were him like well whatever like he's trying to get back to his roots it's sort of like one of those like gotta go gotta, gotta go here radical change of career move yeah um, Ryan what do you, what do you want to listen to for the second round?
1: Uh, I want to do one more um, this one to me is like kind of psych like I don't know. Psych, uh, dream pop, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's it would fit well on the uh, what's the name of the uh, festival that got washed out? That, uh, Fire? No. no, no,
3: no, no. He's talking about the, the Black Angels Festival, uh, Levitation. Uh, right. Levitation, yeah. This,
1: like, this would fit very well on that. So that's uh, 80 West. <laughs>
4: The county line, Pennsylvania stretches out of mind. Mighty-
2: A dark road tale, seemingly inspired by a 1950s crime pulp novel, according
0: to that okay. pitchfork. Yeah, day. I see
1: that there. There are a lot of road references.
0: Um, it feels a little Pixies. A little. I think it
1: it's sounds like early Smashing Pumpkins, which is going to make Shane roll his eyes until they fall out. I didn't out. get that.
3: early Smashing Pumpkins is that way. Gish era Smashing Pumpkins. That's that's the last good record they did. Yes. William, what's his name? William Franklin.
1: William Patrick Corgan. Oh
3: yeah. Yes, William Franklin Seer of things. Yeah. I don't who knows. Yeah.
1: Anyway, true. I dig it. Like uh, dynamics are good. Like I can get into a little psychedelia here and there. Uh it's not where I live and breathe, but like I really just don't I like I like I love voice. the bass on it.
3: I don't like his voice. Like if, well, if there were that's trouble. Yeah, if there were like some of the music is really good. Some of the lyrics are I just, you know, I think it boils down to like sounds like, you know, there's just not a lot of well, interesting Do you
1: like, do you like Jesus and Mary Chain? Because I, I think his voice sounds a lot like. Sure. I don't it, remember it, which Reed brother I, sings I, the most it, on that. I,
3: I do like Jesus and Mary Chain, and I also um, feel like this sounds like like his voice sounds a little bit like the singer for Jesus and Mary Chain, Wayne Reed. And um, uh, uh, damn it, love and rockets. Like it sounds more like that. Uh, I to can me, see that. Right? There's a little bit yeah. of that.
0: See, you know, I was feeling like there was a little bit of John Cale in there too, in in some of these songs kind of dry it's just John Cale
1: is the Velvet Underground yeah uh, yeah well there's he's on record uh, uh, what's his fuck Wynn. Steve Wynn not the casino owner I was gonna uh, say being the guy, a giant uh, Velvet Underground fan yeah and
2: I mean can, and that comes out in some of those I didn't get it as much in that track but I do think not like, in
0: that track as much No,
2: but, but yeah there's some of that there for sure
3: you know, well go ahead I'm not trying to, to say anything bad about this album it's just kind of like eh
1: I was actually, I, I was... I mean, would you ever I was, listen I was, to I was, it
3: again? Sure. Really? I mean, if you yeah, heard it on the... a couple of the
1: tracks. That one for sure.
3: If you heard it on the radio, you wouldn't turn it off. But, I mean, would you ever, like, think, like, hmm, this is what I want to listen to today, this Dream Syndicate album?
1: I mean, it'd probably be, you know, behind a few others in a queue. But, like, I'm never going to be bummed that it's on. That's I mean, not bad. That, that 13-minute title track... Is probably a little little much for me.
2: I do yeah. like that you have to hang in for eight minutes before there are lyrics. There are actually vocals. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like just like you just kind of picture somebody that like, kind of like almost
3: nodding off, and then it's like, oh hey, it sounded like that that album that title Not track. It to... sounded like they were like jamming and they were like jamming in the studio, and somebody was like, record this. Yeah, could
1: be. Uh, who knows? I have a higher opinion of this record than you do, but it I don't. It doesn't look, pick much. I'm
3: trying to tell you, like. What do you mean it doesn't take no. much?
1: Well, to have a higher opinion of it than you do.
3: Well, No, I, I think I'm just saying the things I don't like about it. Like, I mean, it, I would put it like a solid C if it were like A to Well, F. it's funny that
1: uh, Pitchfork gave it a 6.9, which really, like if I take a test and I get a 69 on it, I feel like I've done something really wrong. That's and a C. And I don't see that, like no pun intended.
3: And if you listen to – or if you
1: read the review, like it's – Really, mostly like it's laudatory
3: praise, Yeah.
2: So. No, I, I probably fall somewhere in between you guys on this. I think in general, like uh, I don't, you know, I, like I don't think that I, I actually listened to some of the first record before I listened to this one, and it, it provided a little bit of context. Like Knowing I haven't listened to the it. first
1: record. Did you like it better? <clears throat>
2: um, it's a like. It's a little more raw, I think. See, like, I yeah, actually like,
0: like after I had listened to this a few times, I went back and listened to the first album, yeah, for, for the first time, yeah, because I thought, what was well, your take? Well, you know, I, this is one of these cases where I, I feel like maybe I'm missing something. Like I'm not getting what other people are 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 getting out of this. Shade gesturing like I'm me saying, too. Like yeah, I'm like yeah. giving you. I just up, like yeah. I listened to too. the first album and yeah, I can see a lot of that raw power. I can see. How maybe it was influential for a lot of people, but it just—it still didn't gel for well, me. Well, I'll tell
2: you, like one—one one of the things in particular about this band and their history is that that first record, even like so, the snow globe around that first album being whatever it was, like it was received well. They managed to land a uh, uh, a major record deal out of it, and then they go, you know, they they before they put out another LP, they put out an EP called something like. This is not the next Dream Syndicate album, and it tanked. It did not do well, and A and M dropped them, and so they they went off and wrote something else, and they sent that in, and that didn't that didn't flap the flag. Well, they put like Rough Trade and Enigma,
1: and like like a bunch of like Chrysalis. Response. Yeah
2: so, I mean it. It sounds like, for all intents and purposes, like what really happened was that like that first album hit pe- hit a lot of influential people really right, got them a lot of attention, and then they just had a hard time following it up. But the the street cred on that first album was good enough that even after they got dropped, they were able to bounce around to some other labels with some rep. Well, where I, so, where I might anyway, be able to like tie it's this a weird up, road.
1: Tie this up with you guys is like this record in particular, and this is the one that I know at this point. Um, Sounds like a lot of the influences That I really love And like They don't quite put it together As much as some of those bands That I do That said I still like it Pretty much Yeah I do Like You know I'm not gonna go out Like Telling every Music fan I know that Oh you gotta check out This incredible record You but don't I have to wear A sandwich board You could just like it okay <laughs> I don't know you really kind of Turning me around here Kevin I may have an idea
3: I'm just gonna I'm gonna be driving by Like South tomorrow tomorrow And it's like Ryan Like Here's what With I'm listening like, to like pamphlets Like waving uh, pamphlets hey, you know
1: you, Kevin you know how I don't really like to You know Halloween's coming up And you know how I don't Really usually dress up For Halloween I'm pretty lazy about it But you just gave me A good idea A sandwich board That's a sandwich
3: Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, you know, just two yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm nice. a sandwich board. Do that.
3: Can I have like a like a wig that's like a piece of cheese it's or like something? Like lettuce or something?
1: Yeah. I'm just spitballing here. Uh,
3: Let's go to intermission. Please. Nice. <laughs> I really wanted to do dream theater.
1: Um, I'm okay that you didn't.
3: Yeah, I know you w- I know you would be it's in a second the joke, rate Queensrÿche right? and and I'd, no 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 they if you if you listen to their singles they're second rate right. if you listen to their album tracks which I've Why done Why would you do that? It's more like a, it's very prog it's like it's like um it's like prog metal but with a like a little I don't know there's a little, it's a little more melodic, but yeah. I don't. Why I would I, why oh, would I no, do that? Because I wanted crack. to torture you. Yeah. But <laughs> like, I mean, let's just. No, I didn't. I did, I, none of those things were true, except for the fact that I did listen to some of it. But so at the end of the day, I was thinking, you know, I'm not gonna do that to those guys. But I had been kind of thinking about this song and this video and this act since we did. Since I. Since I got such a great response from playing Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, um, so I was like, I've been I've been wanting to play this song on the show for a while, and I was like, let's go back to like 1990 hip hop, just it's a fertile period. It was then, a fertile period, but we had Tennessee, which is a very serious song.
2: This is just a content-wise, yeah,
3: yeah, content-wise, yeah. um, you know. But you didn't have them wearing
1: what you're talking about the Arrested Development song. Uh, Tennessee for yes, of, you haven't said Arrested Development.
3: Well, we we watched it a couple of weeks ago, well, I we know, know,
1: but we have listeners.
3: Yes, Arrested Development, Tennessee. Sorry, um, so we're gonna listen to tonight, we're gonna listen to PM um, Don's set adrift on memory bliss of you. Oh, yeah, so Mark, do it. <laughs> Song is awesome, man. Well, I think Personally. it's
2: pretty great. Oh sure, no, I think we're all on the same page. It, it's
3: I, you know, I like kick out of that. Sucker. It's funny whenever you see like Prince B. like, who we by the way, you brought up last year, or maybe two years ago when he died, I think from diabetic complications or whatever. I that he was, was a hefty man. Yeah, but I, that was the first time I had like gone back and listened to that song and looked, at, and I'm like, God damn, I love the shit they were wearing like when they were in early '90s oh, hip like, from like New York,
1: Spike Lee. Kind of right, with like era. really
3: bright colors, but also lots of jewelry, but also hippie at the same time. Like what he had was, what like was
1: that, uh, A Different World? Yes. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like all the Dwayne Wayne from, and he yeah. flipped his glasses. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's similar, similar stuff. Um, Kevin pointed out. Okay, so let me just say, like, the weird. I genuinely like that song. And and I
1: like the Spandau Ballet, ballet song I, too.
3: I, I like that one better. There's a there's a saxophone in the Spandau Ballet one. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I do like it. But I like but they take the best part of that song and make it into a very poignant song. However, having said that, it's incredibly poignant. But then out of nowhere, he's like Christina Applegate, you got to put me on, and I'm like, wait a minute, like the whole you just changed the whole song, like what your narrative <laughs> is in the song. So it makes it – like originally he's like, I like this girl. I like this woman. I hope she was a P.M. Don fan. And then he's like – makes it be about Christina Applegate for a second. I was like I – No, mean, he's just sure. getting specific. I don't think it was about Christina Applegate. Maybe before he was there. a
2: really
1: big Married with Children fan.
2: So there's a bunch of crazy stuff around this, like this song in particular. So um, Prince B gave an interview to Details Magazine. And the 90s iteration of Details – really got a kick out of it was a very different oh i used to be a subscriber yeah i'm going down the going in the way back machine for a second but anyway um in this he did an interview uh in details and this was after this song hit number one uh november 30th 19, like thanksgiving week 1991 and uh gave this interview to details in which he expressed uh, skepticism of rapper krs1's activism and he said KRS-One wants to be a teacher, but a teacher of what? Anyway, so KRS-One and his crew, Boogie Down Productions, uh, responded by storming a PM Dawn concert, forcing the group off stage. and this is the part that really gets me, and performed two of their own songs. I'm still number one, and the bridge is over. And then he defended, uh, KRS-One defended his actions in USA Today by saying, I answered his question, a teacher of what? I'm a teacher
1: of respect.
3: So anyway, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> pro, like proto
1: Kanye. Uh, well, conduct. that's the yeah. funny thing
3: yeah. if you think about that that era of like like hip. It was very socially conscious. I'm not talking about like in New York. It was very socially conscious, um, and so like that's like the like hippiest beef ever. You know, like we're gonna push you all the way, do two of our songs, and be like, I'm, and, a, and they're just like,
1: okay. this is what I'm a teacher of. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Well, it's they like, just left the stage.
2: I guess. I mean, did that? Did Prince B strike you as a man who's going to, you know, put up a big fight? Like, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Probably.
3: Well, maybe sometimes not. you get fooled by people like that. I don't know. He seems well, very, he wants-
2: very chill.
1: Well, so I looked up uh, while that was playing, like uh, the Wikipedia entry for this particular song, and it's credited to a trail chords Prince B and Gary Kemp of Spandau Ballet. So I wonder if they cleared it first because it was right around when yeah. people would just uh, record shit.
3: No, it was actually right after like like all of that stuff was sort of like set in motion because of three feet high and rising which came out to
2: and uh no doubt paul's boutique
3: well yeah same thing 89 yeah a yeah. couple of years later i mean this may have been before they they made the whatever's
1: but apparently yeah it got cleared and then they had the motherfucker yeah in the video. so
3: so so yeah so out of nowhere i mean but nothing like phased me on this video you know there's there's women dancing in the white sands, and two dudes with like really hippie slash hip hop from 1991 stuff on, and then all of a sudden there's like a white dude coming like 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 treading water underwater, floating through, yeah, yeah. yeah welcome, like, Gary if, Kemp. He's okay, of Spandau like, Ballet. Pardon and me. So, and so speaking <laughs> of Spandau Ballet, I, w- I would like to tell you this. So the first time, like I, I like. um even before this song came out, um, I watched a movie. Was it Benji? No, it was called The Craze, and it was about uh, The Craze, the famous gangster family. And um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Spandau Ballet, the singer Gary Kemp, and then he had another brother. that Are you was it's about uh, Reggie and Ronnie Craig. Reggie and Ronnie Cray. But The spend I don't think that's what
1: that, rec- uh, that movie is called, but go ahead.
3: It's called The Craze, the original okay. one. The one that came out in 1990? Yes, oh, okay. It's called The Craze. There's
1: one that came out like two Recently,
3: years yeah. yeah. So um, the, the 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 men that acted as the craze were the twin brothers who were the singer and guitar player, I believe, um, of Spendo Ballet. Later, that song, or bef- right before that movie came out, that song was a, the, the craze were um, immortalized in a song called "Last of the Famous, and Famous International of Playboys," and here's which was a, the
1: uh, requisite Morrissey reference, which
3: was a twelve-inch by Morrissey.
2: So if you're playing the game at home, check off your card. Yeah, everybody drink.
3: <laughs> yeah. So um, I uh, I just wanted to bring that up for Kevin. So that's the first time that I had ever like I knew that the dudes in that anyway. Whatever, we can go back into the thing. But that's a great song. It is a great song. Like what there was, it was a very fertile ground there from like 1990 to 19. You know, there was a lot of stuff great before and great after, but there was like this gentleness and like East Coast. Yeah, hip-hop. it was it was like like. Very hooky Hi, and, hippie, hippie, hooky and gentle
1: East Coast hip hop. Just there for about two or three years.
3: Yeah, it was there and then it just went away, you know. But I mean there were still They great were stuff trying to like
1: after. raise consciousness and whatnot. Well they didn't.
3: Well, oh, well maybe they really did break few people. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. All right, let's get out of here.
1: Back to uh, Dream Syndicate. I almost said Dream Theater. Back to...
3: Because I want you to see a Dream Theater.
1: To dream,
2: send Back to Dream Syndicate to the, theater. the show. <laughs> we're going to have a, We're, we're just, just do a blooper reel of like every time Basically from now, now guys, on, like, Ryan
3: and I are just going to have a musical segment for about four or five seconds, I think, mm-hmm. every week. Like, we'll do our blues guitar. Like, hey, do you guys like Manu. listening to... don't
2: and uh, drop some uh, fifty
1: ways to leave your lover. <laughs> yeah. on <Do> back, <some>, uh,
3: <laughs> welcome back.
0: They clearly haven't been noticing that I've been editing all of these out. Everybody. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know,
3: I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why he said it's just, it's just it's one. It's gonna of be a things. big blooper reel. It's, it's gonna yeah. be a big blooper reel. And so, like, if you enjoy listening to somebody who likes it, or just it find
2: yourself trapped, and here we are. We, we can do we a can. bonus show of bloopers <laughs> for the hardcore fans.
3: Oh, he probably makes them just go away. So. Yeah, you be. wish There's yeah, no like tape On the cutting floor anymore Dude oh, Speaking
2: virtual. of going away there is a band That went away For years And then came back <laughs> And put out a new record They're like
1: called dream. Dreams and a kid. Yeah. Oh that's right uh, Yeah I mean I've said Mostly what I need To say about them uh, I think it's a Totally pleasant record. i like, um, just I like to end to fall closer like, to that. You
3: sound like you sound like a dad, like whose kids are like running around inside, throwing mud at each other, and your head is in your hands. You are like, I do love them. I really, <laughs> I really do.
1: Well, I think we should just uh, maybe just go into another track. All right, I'm, I'm mostly amused. I, actually, here's what I want to do, Mark. I want to go into the title track. How did I find myself here? And oh like, no! And I want you to find. The point when there actually are vocals, and see how far into the song you need to get to. Because Shane apparently thought it was an instrumental and gave up.
3: No, I kept going. I kept. I literally kept like putting my finger and like sliding. I was on a walk, and I was like, nah, eh, you know, I just can't listen to this jam band shit anymore.
1: It is jam bandy, but it, it's like I said, Madchester jam bandy, and not Jerry no, Garcia that's just, jam bandy.
3: That's true, but that's because there was the organ in the background. All right, do, well, we'll
1: we'll discuss
4: prodigal son
1: So I definitely think the Stone Roses are a better band. But lyrically, that's about Ian Brown's level. Now. Okay. More yeah, so, more so sure. now.
3: Yeah, the Stone Roses are a much better band. Actually, I will say this. Like, I was kind of giving him shit about uh, being a singer. Um, but he's probably a better singer than Ian Brown.
1: It's, it's That's probably not. I'm probably a better singer than Ian Brown. Yeah,
3: if my cat, like. You know, farted right now. That would probably be better than Ian Brown. However, the Stone Roses have put out some incredible Depends songs. On the cat, you have several. Sure. Anyway, yeah, I was saying you. like a generic cat, that foam black cat on the floor over there. Yeah,
2: it's a very. It is a. Sto- it is a Stone Rosy track.
1: It is. And it it, 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 it
3: is. is. It's like, the, but it's Stone Roses like. Um, again, like you were saying, like like they were like fused in amber or whatever. Like that's like a that's the uh, second coming. Version of the Stone Roses.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I mean, second coming uh, lyrically style, but like, uh, there's a lot of that stuff on that first
3: record that just is, it doesn't sound like that. There's no, of... there's no keyboards on like like that. There's no like Fender Rhodes and organs. Yeah, what's and stuff. one Fool's
1: Gold? Does that have keyboards on it? No, there's
3: record? lots of.
1: Yeah, but it, anyway,
3: it... You like that. That was actually a different band, by the way. That was the Sharp. You no, know, I mean
1: that song just so, uh, and they named the record after it, but. That song just sounds like a bunch of guys got really high and
3: just started playing. The whole album sounds like they're really high. Like, in the song Glide, he's like, I'm just going to glide up here and let my brain turn off. You know, like, whatever. That's not what he says, but that's basically what he says. And again, it's not bad. That's actually musically the best song in the album. In my, that's like the glide? most shoegaze music. Yeah. You know? yeah.
1: Well, there are little elements of a bunch of things that we all like. and um, I, I still... Like it better than probably the rest of the people in the, this room, but um, I think Mark not
3: perfect. had the most astute observation, in my opinion. It was just dull. It's not bad.
0: That's two weeks in a row that I've been labeled astute.
3: Yeah,
2: well, don't get used to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll call you a
0: dude. I don't know about astute.
2: A dude? Uh,
1: a stewed? Yeah, uh, who knows? I don't uh, know. Who's got. Um, the I, new have our,
2: I have our, our uh, current affair. Current affair. So um, Julian Baker has a new record out Oh And uh, And uh, The first single off it Is a little bit of a departure From her last stuff So I thought we'd give it a spin We're gonna listen to Turn Out the Lights
4: And i never do it But it's not a show. I can't tell the and I'm old.
2: Yeah, so that's the that's a title track, Turn Out the Lights to her upcoming
3: LP.
4: She's
1: so Matador now, I guess, huh?
3: Yeah, I think so. Moving Well, up. there was a Matador logo that logo came Logo on the end there, of that'd be it, weird. Yeah.
1: If she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, she
3: was just like, Hey guys, listen to this song <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man I
2: don't know that she ever she doesn't seem like a hey guys kind of girl. But, no, she uh, does
1: not. <laughs> well, Kevin, you said that was a little bit of a departure. I don't think as much feel until it a I departure end. at all.
3: I think maybe he's I'll saying t- the, 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 the scrunchy stuff in the end of it. At like, the end yeah, of it.
1: so yeah, the idea
2: basically the songs on um, Sprained Ankle, her previous release, which we covered here, uh, were so, like, not necessarily universally quiet, but predominantly quiet. That it, just, it was more incrementally thing. louder. Yeah, well, at the very least, like she let herself, like she, you know, leaned into the distortion pedal. I the, love the that of song,
3: man. I yeah. could listen to that all day long. I love you could. That thanks artist. to the internet and thanks, this Kevin. show. Yes, yes, I could just go back and listen to like the t- one t- minute no, long, have- like <laughs> the, the thirty second long clip that Mark's going to attach to this. I'll just listen. to it. Do you guys remember and? There is an the old Office episode where, like, uh, yes. Michael was like he he would he had broken up with somebody he never was with, and he was like playing like a thirty seconds that he could the, get for the, free from the, iTunes yeah. over and over again. So you're gonna do that? I'm gonna do that with this Julian Baker song.
2: And and the the sad truth would be that like in that scenario, you would buy the track and it would only give you the rest of it, not the thirty seconds. I would that buy would that
3: whole goddamn song. That's, <laughs> yeah. But now we don't have to. We have streaming now. But. Yes, true. Sure that that i love her i love her music i i just
2: so if you so if you look on so if you uh quick plug for our facebook page if you yeah if you look at the masthead for our facebook page it's a picture of uh just a snapshot that i took of julian baker at south by southwest a couple of years ago and what i remember and what i'm reminded of from just watching the video and basically we haven't talked about the narrative of the video where she's Following a Fuse. Following a Fuse. Around. It was actually a
3: pretty
1: cool video.
4: No, a, what, was
3: a but yeah.
1: simplistic concept, but.
3: but... it was one of those things, I hate to, to like, it's like when you were, like, uh, when you're hanging with somebody that's really stoned when you're, like, 19, and they're, like, makes you think. Made you think, didn't it? Yeah. Like, it was like one little of those. Bit. Kind of, I, I mean, I was following No, I'm just saying, thing. like, I'm just, we're not 19 and not really stoned is what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those, like, highly, high concept but easy execution. You know well, what I mean? Yeah.
2: And here, I mean, here's the thing. I guess but the point that I was trying to make is that, that when I saw her, I was reminded of what it was like to, to see her in person because in the show that she had, that she played, and I, we... I'd go back and listen to the old episode if you want to hear the original comments on it. But, like, basically, there was somebody that didn't – that like, somebody got sick or – like yeah, they, She filled was, in for
1: somebody. She filled
2: in for somebody, and so she had, like, twice the time that she was supposed to have. But it was, like, a four- or five-act set, and they were coming up on – the end of the time when you could actually play day parties before they had to clear everybody out for the evening showcases at South by Southwest. So she had to kind of hurry, even though she had a little bit more time than usual and she's very tiny and she climbed up on stage in what is technically regularly a reggae bar with about 20 people in it and, uh, and just really grabbed that room by the throat. And I thought like the way that she, like her, the way that her, body moves like the way that she just that she walks like she just looks Shane made the comment that she looked fragile like which is I think one of the things that you kind of said I, I think
3: fra- fragile I just said like she looks maybe that's the wrong word maybe that's not the one like, a, used. like a like a like a like a like a like a doe or like a kitten, yeah. That you just like that's lost in the woods, and you just want to take care of. But her. she does I think until, until she's playing. But, but that's not what she's so and then her voice. Say that her
0: voice yeah. completely betrays that visual. That was the thing. Is
1: like, right, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't. Mean she that was a, a little kid. more throaty on this track than she was on Springdale. Yeah. yeah, and That it's, wasn't it's indicted. Not, to it's I, was not, just I don't
3: like, mean that in a patriarchal like fucking oh, you know sure. whatever like thing like that. It's just like there's just a fragility. In in there's what a she vulnerability. Does. There's a in vulnerability. Her, her voice. Right, that's yeah, a better way sure. to put it. Yeah, but
2: yeah, I think she does. She does this, and the it, I, I'm also it's I'm, I'm also reminded of the fact that in interviews, apparently, like most of the people who have have interviewed her, like she's like bubbly and upbeat, which is right. like not how she is in her songs at all. Like, I
3: think that I think a lot of times you see this with like people like Radiohead or like all kinds of people that are like you know songs are not the characters that you're you're either you you know you could be exercising demons or you could be writing a song about a character even though you're singing in first person that has nothing to do with you like i always think it's really interesting when when people are surprised that people that write you know kind of dour music not dour but you know like sad music or whatever like they're like oh hey how are you doing like it hasn't these songs are not necessarily always just about themselves they're about like ideas and characters It's like i think yeah.
2: part of her legend is that the those original tracks were just written like and they're just performed in like a sound booth originally like as demos at uh, middle tennessee state or something and so they have this really small intimate like eavesdropping quality to them and so anyway, yeah, i yeah, think that I that's that. kind of helped her yeah i get like, that totally what that's think really her. cool
0: yeah. you know, i'm definitely see i'm you can hear the, the production value in this as well. It's, mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's a lot, it's, much yeah. more elevated. Well, she's and got a bigger budget now. Those, those you know, when when they double up with the harmonies, those come in, you feel a lot more power out of her voice. But I this. still
3: think that those, that, that first record, like, was so, like, like those songs were so, in, they were, a lot of them were really intense. Like, it kind of benefited from having that booth stuck in that. Well, you no, know, it kind of sounds like, like she'd situation. really
1: been through some shit. Uh, if you listen to those lyrics on, on yeah, the yeah, car record. wrecks and stuff. And uh, anyway, apparently she's like fairly upbeat and bubbly in person. Anyway, yeah. yeah,
2: but yeah, that's the that's the title track off her upcoming LP.
3: Well, that's a fucking great song, and thank you for playing it. There you go. And it, especially after all of um, me hijacking the show and playing all that Dream Theater earlier.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if somebody's just... If you're just tuning into the end of the show and have missed you, all of the content... You
3: know
1: some people are going to go out and actually listen to Dream Theater and be really disappointed. Oh,
3: they're going to find Dream Theater if they check into the show in a few weeks. Uh, they might just uh, have to listen to a whole So we call foreshadowing in the business. in, in, in About the, Dream Theater. In the podcasting business. So, However, until then, Kevin, what do you have next
2: week? Yeah, so... Um, so next week we're gonna to listen to another um, recent release. This one from um, a band, an, an LA band called uh, called Wand and uh, W A N D W A N D. They have a record out called Plum. So we're just get a lot of single words, um, but yeah, the the album is um, is the the product of a guy named Corey Hanson who's been. Is part of the garage scene in LA. Like, has kind of been, worked with both Michael Cronin and Ty Siegel, who
3: has just again put something out new.
2: Yeah, I think week. he does
3: that like every three or four days. Maybe. Seems like it. Yeah. Ty Siegel. Yeah, yeah he's are usually good.
2: Yeah, he's the Netflix of. Uh, <laughs> 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 so it's a big budget that Ty Siegel. But anyway, yeah. So we're gonna listen next week. We're gonna listen to. Uh, we're gonna listen to um, Plum from wand
3: Two. sounds great to me
2: anyway till then I'm Kevin
1: I'm Ryan I'm Shane I'm Mark this is somebody likes it
3: One oneofus.net has been your one stop shop for all things geek for years but there's a side to them many of you have never heard the subscription side subscribe and listen to great podcasts like the breakfast pub the original gentleman and the watch a movie with us series head on over to one of and don't forget your towel.